Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. All you food lovers and food obsessed and diners and travelers and whatever, you're listening to On the Menu with Anne and Peter Haig. And today we're going to take you on a little overseas jaunt, stopping first in the UK, in in England to be exact, um, and then jumping over to Paris. Um, first up, you, you'll love this. we been to this place and, and it's Cliveden or maybe if you have a more posh accent it's uh, Clifton um, and we're going to talk to descendants of, of the, the the entertaining I don't know what you call them um, icons uh, in the historic estates, country estates and we're going to talk to Jane Churchill and Emily Astor and most of what I'm going to tell you is actually in the interview itself. So let's go right over to these two fabulous women. Well, we're talking to Brandon Clark of Clark Plus Hopkins. Uh, congratulations, Brandon, on your Gold Sophie Award. Um, yes, you, thank you so much. We're super I mean, that's out of like, what is it, 1,800 applicants or something for this Sophie Award? Yeah, there were... Yeah, there were quite a few. Um, yeah, so we're super excited about that. And then um, last year we won the Sophie for Best New Hot Sauce for 2019 with our Assam, which is a uh, sauce right. from Northeast India. Right, right, right. Well, you've and got Northeast India, like, you've got South India too, right? You're, you're... Yeah, yeah, and then this, yeah, this year is Laos. Yeah. Would you believe Peter, Peter made a drink with your Laos? <laughs> That's you know, it was good. What was it? I, I just I just sprinkled a couple of drops in a glass with some vodka in it. <laughs> sort, of like, sort of like a poor man's Bloody Mary. You know what? Now you're the you're the second person to do that. My wife and I um, actually made a dirty martini with the louse because it has uh, dried shrimp, lemongrass, uh, ginger. Um, uh-huh. And it was really good as a dirty martini. Yeah, yeah I like good. dirty martinis, yeah. especially if I sprinkle some Laphroaig on the sto- on the top of it. <laughs> I, 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 would, I, would, I would call it more like a dirty, like a dirty Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's we go back to too. the beginning of, of, yeah. of Clark and Hopkins. Now, you are a chef, but yeah. you also were big on traveling, right? Yes, absolutely. So I haven't been to all of the locations, but I have been to several. Um, we did a trip to uh, Tulum, um, and we named that sauce Quintana Roo. And um, <laughs> a few months later, I went to Oaxaca City, uh, which is basically the gastro-historical hub of Mexico, and it was fabulous. Yes, I know. We haven't been anywhere for a while, I have to say. <laughs> Hey, I haven't either. I haven't either. You got to pivot and stay home and do what you can. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, it's funny. We, so, talk, we, talk, we talked to someone a couple of weeks ago who grew up in Kerala, which is the okay. home of another of your sources. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so the story of um, Kerala is, so um, I used to bring hot sauces to the tennis court, uh, rant, you know, things that I would make at home. And one of my friends, Brajesh, is from Kerala, and I said, you know, what is your hot sauce like? You know, that's one of the spiciest regions of India. And he said, we don't have one. So I oh. went home and studied his cuisine, put it in a bottle, and brought it to him to the courts. And he said, this tastes like home. Oh, so lovely. then I started looking to other countries and regions around the world. So Ethiopia, inherently spicy region. Um, does not have a hot sauce. So I emulated their cuisine in a bottle, and it just kind of took off from there. And uh, we found out later um, that we're the only company in the wor- hot sauce company in the world that's actually doing this. Um, yeah, you say some- that. You're the only one that explores the global uh, flavors and put in embodies that the hot Right. You, you do artisan pepper sauces and Bloody Mary mixes. and uh, But it's the... It's the global aspect that's so interesting about it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're hitting you. two of the biggest trends. You're hitting on um, the the hot sauce trend, which is you know like exploding that specialty yeah. food category, and also um, the global flavors. So you have two of them combined in one product. So no wonder you got a gold Sophie. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah we're super excited about that. There are some companies out there, you know, that may do their own country. Um, I, I know a, a maker that does a Cambodian hot sauce, and it's fabulous. And there's a lot of folks out there like that, but I have not seen any that are doing multiple countries and regions. Right, exactly. Um, so we we got lucky there. Yeah. You know, so explain the name the name here, Clark plus uh, Hopkins. Yeah, so I am Brandon Clark, and Don Hopkins is my business partner, and um, he's actually the VP of a plastic injection mall company, and uh, he is pretty busy during the week, but uh, super supportive at night and on the weekends and and when he can. Um, I think he would love to retire and and join me full-time, that's for sure. Uh So you met up with him and realized you could put together a company. Yes, yeah, so he was one of the guys on the tennis court. You know, Don, uh-huh. like, I think we have, I think we have something here. Let's do this, and that's how it happened. Literally on the tennis courts of Northern Virginia. Oh, good, Northern Virginia tennis. We're tennis buffs, too. Northern Virginia is where you inhabit. Yes, we are uh, in Winchester, about an hour west of D.C. Oh, sure, sure, I know Winchester. Yeah, we used to live in D.C. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, 36th place northwest. <laughs> I couldn't afford to go wow. back there. <laughs> How long were you all there? How long um, were you all there? About, about a year and a half altogether. Yeah. Okay. We moved around yeah, quite DC, a lot. Uh, yeah, D.C. really went through a renaissance of amazing restaurants, um, as, as you yeah. all know. Like, I guess the past decade or so, it's... You know, uh, chefs from New York were flying down here to check out you right. know, what was opening next and this and that. Um, I saw the photo of you guys and Charlie Palmer. Um, oh, really? I, I think a lot of them. He's a, an amazing chef. 
he's he's an amazing person altogether. Yes, he is. So. I've heard that. I I taught. I know a guy that that used to work with him years ago at his place in D.C. and uh, he said he learned so much from him. Oh, he's he's an amazing person. Yeah. Um, it, well, chef, chefs are interesting people, but it's um it's. It's all it's all sort of changed now. The whole food scene, the restaurant scene, I don't think it'll ever be the same. Um, yeah, I don't think not. it will. And, you know, I listen to uh, podcasts just to keep my, you know, finger on the pulse. And, you know, I listen to David Chang, um, and then I also listen to Tom Calicchio's. And it, it's hard it's hard to listen to, to some of the information they're putting out. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to read David's um, memoir. Uh, that just came out. It's called yes. Eat a Peach. Eat a Peach. I yes, put in I a media the, request for that. I am a gigantic fan, so I am definitely going to get the book. I take it you are, too. Well, we've known him since he was starting out. In fact, uh, it, it, he really does have a temper. <laughs> he does. Oh, we, we've, we've, He's working we've on him. it, though. We've we've known him since the foundation of the David Chang Memorial James Beard <laughs> Award. Is that right? <laughs> we we made no, that up because he was winning every every single year. Yeah, it was really funny. We, we were in, we were in the press room at the at the uh, Lincoln Center where the event was held, and all the all the chefs all the other chefs are moaning and groaning why David Chang wins everything. <laughs> so, but he uh, he's talented. had his troubles too. No, he's yeah, settled down. Well, he's a daddy. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of these exactly. chefs settle down when they become daddies. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And he really yeah. has. He's working on himself, and uh, yeah, I'm he, proud of him. He what needs he's doing some work. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, so did, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think that we've passed that. That uh, phase of celebrity chef. I think we're moving on to something else now. Um, and it, after the celebrity chef, it was the celebrity farmers. And I think we've moved on from that too, and we're dealing with issues. And that's what I think we're we're about right now. I mean, I wonder yeah. about the, all these people that are opening now. The people who are opening these small restaurants, and I I can't even imagine. How they're? Yeah. I think we're now Pittsburgh is now up to fifty percent occupancy inside, up from twenty five percent. I mean, you just can't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Did you? It, it yeah, doesn't work out on the calculator. You know, it's impossible I know. to turn a profit. It's just, it's not even anybody's opinion. It just can't be done. Exactly. Our favorite uh, restaurant in London, uh, he closed exactly for that the Ludbury. He closed exactly because there was no way on that occupancy he could make a profit. He couldn't even stay yeah. afloat. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and they course, just put out something that a lot of these folks, uh, it's something like 50% of the folks or something like that that are getting COVID, you know, they trace them back to a restaurant. So folks oh, are yeah, getting it from going to restaurant. And bar. Yeah. Yeah, and I think now they're going to chase them back to yeah, schools, yeah. which is the other stupid thing. Anyhow, back right. to Clark plus Hopkins. Um, yeah. So tell us now, um, 
your all of your sauces are on the spicy side, right? Well, actually, um, you know, as the hot sauce world goes, um, our sauces are considered mild. Um, See, I, I think so, too. Do, yeah, I do not do daredevil sauces or anything like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we, that's what we flavor. think, too. Yeah, we, we use so We use your um, uh, Laotian, the Laos sauce on salmon. And, and it, it's wonderful. We're having it tonight again. No, no, nice. that was, the, the, it was the Peruvian. Or did you just do it by itself? I'm not the Peruvian sauce. What did Peruvian, I say? The, the, no, the I meant Peruvian. 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 We love Peruvian food. We've been to, to uh, yeah. Peru. We, we talked about nice. we talked about the Laotian one already in 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 a right. I, I meant Mary. it was it was a slip of my tongue. I meant that oh, it sure, was the sure. Peruvian. Uh, sauce that we use on salmon, and so um, it, it's not. Well, Peruvian is not the most spicy of the spicy cuisines. Uh, they have the ahi chili, but it's not overpowering. It's not uh, no uh, it hash really or anything isn't. like that. And so, and and um, of course, the Peruvian food has so many different components. But it's very good. So, but you have a lot of actual flavors in in your um, product, not just heat. Well, thank you, and, and that's my aim. Um, Assam is my spiciest one, and Assam is Northeast India, which is home of the boot jalokia pepper or the ghost pepper. So we yeah, don't okay, have right. ghosts in there, but it is, in my opinion, I mean, if folks like reasonably spicy food, it is still not overbearingly hot. Um, and, you know, the great part about these sauces is, and, you know, a, a whole food fire said this to me, is you you all are almost in your own category. Um, you're more of a culinary sauce than just a topical hot sauce. That's and, true. Um, and, and it's actually how I designed them. So I have a lot of um, turnkey recipes that are on my website and then also on Instagram. But just a quick example of a recipe is just taking a can of coconut milk, reducing it a couple of minutes, and adding, you know, a tablespoon or to taste of Assam or Kerala, and you have an exotic curry in less than five minutes. And you don't have to be a chef to have something wonderful like that. And in many cases, you're not even getting a knife out um, with many of our recipes. So all of the recipes are one, two, three, maybe four ingredients out of your pantry and our sauce, and you can make some, some pretty exotic and tasty things with them. That's pretty logical for a chef to come up with a product like that, right? Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to do something that was fun, um, and, and they really are a lot of fun in the kitchen, even if, you know, you're a, a rookie cook. Um, you know, you can just go to our website, uh, you know, see the couple of ingredients and, and know that you can do that at home. Um, of course. So, uh, you know, especially lately, you know, our, our folks are not going to restaurants and, and you're able to make something super fast without, you know, calling for, you know, delivery or what have you. No, it's it's funny, Brandon. If you, if you think about it, we've been using Worcestershire sauce and Tabasco sauce for for decades, centuries That's in the right. case of Worcestershire, centuries in the case of Worcestershire sauce. And and asked me the other day when who invented Worcestershire sauce, 
And the answer was Dr. Lee and Dr. Perry. <laughs> 200 years ago. <laughs> Pretty catchy name. Well, it's... it's um, I'm, uh, do you think people's palace are totally changing to this? I mean, I've never seen anything like this surge in hot sauces. Yeah, I mean, w- and, you know, the renaissance of hot sauce, I think we showed up, like, right at the cusp of, of when it was beginning, which was about three years ago, which is when we started. And now it's really become a thing. And, and, and obviously, you all know, you're foodies. Uh, there was very few of us out there trying other cuisines across the world. I always have. My parents have introduced me to that. I'm really fortunate like that. But I also, um, you know, grew up with a lot of kids that would just eat continental American food, and oh, and yeah. that was about it. So lately, uh, you know, with the exposure, maybe the Internet has something to do with that. I'm not sure. Or, you know, the Food Network might have a play in, you know, this gradually over the past couple of decades. But it's really exciting you know, to see pho shops and, and, you know, other restaurants going into towns where they otherwise wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, uh, that, you know, people are definitely trying and getting curious about other cuisines more, even at younger ages. So I, I, I really love that. Do you, have any, do you have any in the pipeline that you're particularly excited about? Well, when I first started... Um, I made 23 sauces over a three-day weekend. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, I, I just, you know, I was, you know, I'm such a food geek. And, you know, after studying Kerala and then, you know, I just started, you know, studying Ethiopia, I would write down the ingredients that I would use. I didn't use measurements. And I basically made a gallon of 23 different countries and regions over the weekend. Um so obviously, as a rookie, it's very expensive to, um, you know, to have a lot of SKUs and inventory. And so we actually have 10 SKUs, which is a lot for three years. So we just have to be careful, you know, to grow at, at the right rate. But, you know, I have, I, I can tell you about some. I have New Orleans. So I, I used to live on the Gulf Coast and spent a lot of time in New Orleans. So that one was pretty important to me. Yeah, what did you go for? One, I mean, there's so many cuisines in New Orleans. We love New Orleans. We, oh, my yeah. gosh. I could go on and on about New Orleans and my favorite yeah, places too. there that I pray for, um, commanders being one of them. Um, um, right, right. But, yeah, so yeah, so I did do, and, and Galatoire's and Arno's and on and on. But um, I also did uh, Maine, which we're pretty excited about, uh, which is uh, Maine wild blueberries jalapeno uh ginger and jalapeno ginger and then lemon thyme (laughs) yeah and lemon thyme and it really turned out fantastic um i love maine we we went there uh, a couple years ago and that's an amazing foodie place too um, and then we a good chef friend of mine just moved from Florida back to Maine to work with uh, what's her name and uh, Melissa Kelly. Primo, Melissa Kelly, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, um, we just got um, a, a shipment that included on uh, FedEx that included live lobsters from Maine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were so yeah, peppy. 
Yeah, you would think the price of lobster would be low considering all these restaurants are not buying as much lobster. Yeah, it's still translating. It's supposed to be... It's supposed to be much lower, um, but you got all the metal and stuff involved, and it's not quite as low right. as you think it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, I see. A, a lot of the, uh, the lobster farms have moved into colder waters, more north into Canada too. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the other I've thing. We that. not only have coronavirus. And uh, and the uh, collapsed economy, but we also have um, climate change and global warming. I mean, right. I couldn't believe. Well, it was Denver. They had um, it was the hundred and some degrees one day, and then the next day they had three inches of snow on the ground, and it was freezing. Now, yeah. What kind of Isn't coffee that unbelievable? thing? Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, and it's crazy. Uh, we. We actually canceled a trip to Carmel, um, California, and, you know, for obvious reasons, and, and it was, uh, I believe, two weeks ago we would have gone, and it was like, you know, it, it, Carmel is like 65 in the daytime and 55 yeah, at night, every been, single yeah. day of the year, basically, and it was, you know, 93 degrees the other day, and Carmel, yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Well, this... Uh, Death Valley, I guess, has earned its name. It was 130. <laughs> wow. You can't even live at that, that kind of temperature. It's just ridiculous. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Clark plus Hopkins? Well, uh, you know, I was talking about the other sauces. Um, and, and, you know, we have uh, some labels ready for them as well for New Orleans. Um Four Maine, and another one that we're looking at is Vermont, and it, it is maple-based with uh, mustard, uh, ginger, jalapeno, and it will be offered as a breakfast hot sauce um, when we release that. Interesting. Do you put that on your granola, or do you put it on fruit? <laughs> you know, Bananas, I, I was maybe? actually... I was thinking about sausage when um, I made it. My wife is from Vermont, so I wanted to do something for her. And our graphic designer, um, Gary McCatton, he is incredible. Uh, oh, he's I, I wonderful. Have, I have nothing to do with those labels. I just tell him, hey, Gary, we're going to do Virginia next. And then he comes back with that, you know, bringing the Virginia flag. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're so talented. <laughs> but um, he's so he did the Vermont license plate. Um, you know the green license plate for the bottle. It, it looks fantastic. I can send. I can email you all a snapshot of it. But he, mm-hmm. he's just such a talented guy. I would say not quite, but almost half of the people in specialty food that we interview are from Vermont. <laughs> Interesting. Wow, well, yeah, they're all the artisanal people there. There yeah. really are, and you know, one thing about them overall, as you all know, is. They really don't like things too spicy. Um, so this sauce actually is not that spicy, but it does have a little kick to it. But I think uh, some Vermont folks would be open to it. Well, I'll tell you, it's great, Brandon, talking to you, too. I knew I was going to like you because I like your products so much. And uh, I 
hope continued success with your product development because you seem to have a great handle on that. Your mind and your imagination is going 10 miles a second. (laughs) (laughs) So, and if they ever get. If they ever get the uh, fancy food show back, <laughs> maybe they'll have um, a regular. They, the poor, some of the poor people, you know, uh, and not only is it a hassle to have to send those product samples, but you know, yeah. with all the spoilage and stuff, and they had to do it twice, you know, because they 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 sent all the original stuff before they canceled the show, and the judging. <laughs> so right. the people had to turn around and send it again to New Jersey. So for the judging, but so anyway, who knows? We're not going to have the Beard Awards till nineteen. I mean, till um, two thousand and twenty-three, I think. Wow! Um, yeah, I mean, it's that it, that's canceled. They had them. Um, it's a big scandal. Look up Pete Wells's columns in the New York Times I will. to get a gist of what's happened. I mean. They, they, oh, and just, it's all kinds of. In, in the meantime, wow. bro, so do you all go to the fancy food show? Oh, did. Then not, not, after not, 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 every, not every year, but frequently. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, so it's a real workout. Know, yeah, it really is. It, it's, it's a zoo, but um, it's a good zoo. It's been good to us, that's for sure. But just to let you all know, um, the Specialty Food Association is doing an online show September 21st through the 24th. Yeah. And we are also doing a live tasting, so this should be interesting. So what they did was is they presented all the companies, and, you know, if the buyers are interested in your product, they will notify the Specialty Food Association, who in turn sent me a list of the buyers. So I send the buyers um, samples as they requested, and then on the date and time that they give me, we do a Zoom call. And oh, nice. I pre- and I present the product as they're tasting them um, and, and just go, go across the lineup. And, you know, in many ways, you're not, as you all know, when you're at the fancy food show, it, it's, there's so much going on. But I've got <laughs> complete focus with, you know, 40 or 50 people, however many it is. And I have their attention without all this crowd noise. And I'm able to have an exchange with them. So we'll see how it goes. And I'd be that happy to do it. That sounds great, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I can let you know how it goes. I've seen wine tastings work that way. But um, yeah. th- there are other reasons why the beer stuff's not coming on. So, um, right. and, um, yeah, so you'll read about that. Anyhow, it's great meeting you. And um, I look forward to your continuing to develop these wonderful uh, tools for delicious world-class meals. <laughs> and well, thank Peruvian you so much, and it's really an honor to speak with you both. And um, I certainly hope, um, as fellow foodies, we could have dinner one day sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Well, we, 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 we can we, we can practice it as if as if, as if we're together. What, what I'm That's doing right. tonight is, That's per, right. is, Peru, is Peruvian sauce on salmon. So why there don't you do Peruvian sauce on salmon? <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Lima? I have not. You have to go. And I mean, when the restaurants open again, fabulous food. 
that's yeah, very, we, that is definitely on our list for sure. And, and oh, also, it's, I mean, uh, it's wonderful. Of course, it, it remains to be seen uh, how many people, how many restaurants survive. I guess, but they're brilliant yeah. restaurants. Okay, well, we we have to move on, and um, okay. it's a head-on day starting from ten this morning, so we better keep going. <laughs> gotcha. Thanks so much again. Hey, thank uh, you. All. Everyone, rush out and buy Clark Plus Hopkins artisanal pepper sauces. Thank you, well, Brandon. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Um, now we're going to take a little jaunt across the uh, channel um, to Paris, France, where we'll talk to pastry chef, Georges Bernard, who also is an instructor at the wonderful Ferrandi Paris um, Culinary School and contributor, uh, co-author, I guess it is, to this wonderful book called Fruits and Nuts. And if you think that you've seen the ultimate and beautiful desserts, wait till you see this book. Yes, we're talking to Georges Bernard, uh, a pastry chef, from Ferrandi, Paris. Um, The book we're going to be talking about is Fruits and Nuts. Now, George, you are on the faculty of of Ferrandi, Paris, right? Yes. Hi, everybody. Yes, uh, I'm one of the teachers in pastry in Ferrandi, Paris, Uh, and uh, participate to write the Fruit and Nuts last year. Right. Now, um, tell us a little bit about, or tell our listeners a little bit about um, the school, Ferrandi Paris. Paris, Ferrandi Paris. Um, uh, Ferrandi Paris is a very old school. We celebrate uh, the 100 years uh, in 2021, uh, or 2020, 20 or 21, 21, I think. Um, and the main activity of the school is a French student. Uh, around eighty uh, percent uh, are French students, a teenager, uh, and they learn uh, the French gastronomy. So we have a section in pastry, of course, in cuisine, uh, bakery, and all uh, services, uh, waiters, and uh, we have as well a bachelor program. And, and you partner with other schools around the world because I, I saw you have a partnership with um, a school in, in the U.S., right? Uh, I don't know about it. Uh, yeah. About in U.S.? Johnson and Wales. Sure. Johnson and Wales, you have a partnership with them? I don't know. We have partnership okay. with many schools I know in uh, in in, uh, in Macau, in Greece, uh, in Morocco. Uh, oh, wow. But I didn't know about the, the one in U.S., sorry. Okay. Well, that's what it is. There. It's Johnson and Wales, I found out from your publicist. <laughs> in New York? No. It's multiple locations. But let, let's go back onto this book. Um, this 
the book we're talking about is Fruits and Nuts. Uh, and But it's, what, the fourth book in a whole series put out by um, uh, the school. You, this is the fourth one. You, I can't remember what the others were. We have, like, uh, three... It's not the first book. No. It's not the first book. Ah, uh, no, it's, no, it's not. Uh, we, we started the book in 2008... Uh, like Le Grand Livre de la Pâtisserie, and now we have, uh, like every year, a new uh, small version. So the first one was the chocolate, after we did the vegetables, and now we have the fruit and nuts. Wow, it's wonderful. Um, and we we'll, should have like six in the end, six uh, uh, storybooks. Well, the, I, your publicist said that the school... The Verandi uh, School of Culinary Arts is dubbed the Harvard of Gastronomy by yes. Le Monde. Exactly. Yeah, Le Monde or the New York Times, I don't remember who, which newspaper said that, but uh, I hear that, yes. It was a yeah, good we compliment in, anyway, France, right? in France, we have a very good, very good repu- reputation, Ferrandi, uh, a very good reputation for all the French students. Uh, it's like if you can say the name of one business school in France, you will say HEC. Um, and if you have to say the name of one uh, culinary school, you will say Ferrandi. It's one of the best ones in France. Well, you know, I have to ask, um, this is like such a comprehensive book. Um, and it starts out, very logically with and simply with recipes and techniques and techniques in particular of how to cut fruit and how to uh, skin nuts and, and so forth. Um, but the recipes start out simple enough and then they become very complicated. Is this like taking a course in, in uh, creating dishes from fruits and nuts? It was a little bit challenging, yeah, to to do because this book is not only for a student; uh, is selling for everybody. Everybody wants to make cake at home, but we are Ferrandi, and it's difficult to find the um, the alfred. So yes, some of the recipes are very uh, simple and easy to do at home. Some others are more technical and is more like for the half professional or for the professional of the pastry. They can have inspiration on it. Um, after all, the first part of the book is what we call the step-by-step. So uh, you have a picture of every step to making like some uh, simple thing, like you say peeling a nuts or uh, cut a pineapple, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's very, very thorough and very clear too. I must say that, uh, and you have other interests in in your program, uh, such as um, zero waste. That's a big thing everywhere, isn't it? Yes, but because I think it's a big challenge for the next uh, century to to try to reuse uh, maximum as you can. Uh, we try to as a teacher, as a school, to uh, teach to the student uh, how to reuse, how to recycle, 
um, to be more, uh, I will not say green, but more like uh, responsible for, for the earth. Uh, do, do, you, do you know an academic in the food business called Hervé Teeth? Which one? Hervé Teeth. Hervé Teeth. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we were, yes. We thought you might. We, we, we interviewed him for the program about, God, it's probably it's more than 10 years ago now. Yeah. And now he created a new thing. He's, uh, before he was on the um, uh, cuisine molecular, I don't know completely how to translate molecule kitchen, and now he created a new, new kind of cuisine. Um, yeah, it's, very, it's a scientific and uh, he's very, very, very interesting, guys. Yeah, he was amazing, amazing. But he does a lot because of a, a, a shortage of food with population growth. And so some, some of his menus that he's done abroad don't even have real food in them at all. Yes. And so how do you feel I, I remember, about that? I, I, I've been, I've been uh, to one of his uh, conferences like two yeah. years ago. Uh, in Paris, and he said, like, mostly we, when we carry some vegetables, some fruit, something like that, what we carry is mostly water. <laughs> so to, to not, uh, like, spend uh, energy, money, and everything to carry only water, if it's not maybe exactly. better, to remove the water before to send and re-put the water um, after the transportation. It can be an idea after. I think it's not something for tomorrow, but uh, we can have a lot of nice inspiration of it. He told us about he told us about a dinner that he did in was it Hong Kong, sweetheart? I think so. He, he, he did he did a dinner with Pierre Gagnier. Oh yeah. Oh. And and and, the, and there was there were no real ingredients for the first four courses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, but that interesting with him is like is around him there's a lot of uh, very of a Michelin star chef and very high yes. quality chef. So they even if what he think is not like um, uh, super, I wouldn't say natural, but need some transformation. The chef care about the taste, the LC, and everything. So mixed together, uh, the science and uh, and the kitchen chef can make something great. Now, you, as I said, you were very thorough with this book. You talk about um, different approaches to uh, uh, preparations. Uh, you outline the required, um, <clears throat> you actually have here, a, uh, the fruit and nut sessions or seasons around the world, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And then you give a really thorough Illustrated with with photographs, lists of of important equipment. Uh, it seems like a lot of equipment. I guess it's very useful to have all of that, though, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Um, we uh, yes, we have a lot of equipment, and we are always uh, thinking about for the seasonality. Um, what else? Uh, sorry. What else you ask? Go ahead, look. Well, um, they, I mean, I 
I think I I must be the only um, American who's not a professional who has a grapefruit knife. I can't imagine using anything with it except for a grapefruit knife. But you have a lot of very advanced equipment. But then you also move on to techniques, and you have a lot of advanced techniques. But they're also understandable because you you have the photographs illustrating everything. Um, The design of this book is just absolutely amazing, and and the photographs are beautiful. Some of the things that you explain... It was very nice photograph. Yeah. One of the things... Sorry. Now, one of the things you explain is peeling pineapples, blanching almonds. Here's the one that always gets me, skinning hazelnuts. (laughs) That's a real chore, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's true. And when, when um, it was the first time for me to 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 be with a real photographer, uh, and when I I did my cake for ready for shooting, uh-huh. I was I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, maybe. And uh, Rina are very like uh, a visual, like quite fast and uh, very professional for food. And straight after, I, I check on the screen of the computer, and I say, oh, wow, just amazing. <laughs> and we change, we play together, and we try many things, but we know we have a church window because we, we're shooting real food. So if you have an ice cream or something like that, it will melt quickly. Uh, so it was very interesting to do um, to do this, uh, this job with Rina. Yeah. Yeah, is, 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 it, is what you're teaching very much French cuisine? Hello, yes, uh, but we, we teach as well for international students. Uh, me, I work for the international uh, department of Ferrand de Paris. We have uh, every time like uh, around 20% of American students come to Ferrand de. No, I'm, and, I'm, uh, picturing, I'm picturing the Place Madeleine. And the two ah oh the God, Madeleine Yuzu I call them the, I call them du, du, dueling fine food houses one on one side called Fauchon and the other on the other side is called Fauchon. I think it's I think it's Eddyard. ah Place de la Madeleine yes Place de Madeleine and oh unfortunately you didn't pass to Paris uh, they close Fauchon and Eddyard on this uh, Place de la Madeleine oh my God. Yes, oh unfortunately, yeah, both of them. Yeah. What is that because of the pandemic? Uh, yes. Oh my! I hope he will reopen one day, but actually, still a year's uh, fashion clothes. Okay. Yeah, I sort of, I, I picture, I picture in my mind, some someone using your book to create things that will go into the window, fashion, and be admired there, and then people will go and take a large number of francs and, and buy them and take them away and enjoy them. <laughs> yes. The, I was uh, interested in your directions for opening coconuts. I have done a number of, opened a number of coconuts in my lifetime, which is another story altogether. But I always started out with knocking the eyes out at the one end of the coconut. And you don't do that at all. Tell us how do you open, what's the correct way of opening a coconut? Alors, every chef has a different technique. Um, 
So, uh, as you know, we are actually three chefs uh, to making this book uh, for the for the, fr- the fruit and nuts. So it was mm-hmm. uh, me, Georges Benard, Marc Alès, uh, Mof uh, Mof, and uh, Carlos Vercera. Uh, and I have the same technique than Marcales with the back of the chef, chef, uh, chef knife. So that is a traditional technique. You tape all around little by little until you open in two. And you don't, you, if you do that, you unstick the, the coconut from the shell and after it's more easy to remove from the inside. Uh-huh. Yeah, I but it's a nice technique. And, to keep the, of course, we, we have to keep the water of coconuts. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, my favorite thing is actually uh, scotch and coconut water. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. Not a nice cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you seem to have an affinity uh, for pineapples. Tell us why you love pineapples. You have so many ways of preparing them and cutting them, and I never in my whole life saw anybody who baked a, a pineapple. Tell us about your love of pineapples and what you could do with them. With pineapples, we can do many, many things. We can do, uh, but the the popular way to to peel a pineapples, like um, to remove all the ice, we will, I would ice. say, of the pineapples, yes. Um, that is a technique. Like, if you want to give a nice design, and uh, and we use a lot, is from uh, from Asia, is from Thailand and uh, Philippines, some uh, uh, country over there. Mm-hmm. And after with pineapple, is something. Unfortunately, in winter in Europe, we don't have same. I think in US, we don't have a lot of fruit, uh, so we import all this exotic fruit. Uh, mm-hmm. And we do a lot of me. I, I love the carpaccio of uh, pineapple. Uh, just yeah, that um, was good. just um, burn with uh, armagnac uh, alcohol or mm-hmm. with rum, with a little bit of vanilla. It's just perfect. Simple. But Sounds simple. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happens when you roast a pineapple? What's happening when we roast a pineapple? Yeah, it uh, probably you, caramelizes the sugar. You huh? caramelize and you you cook a little bit, so you can add some sugar, but you cook as well the sugar content inside the pineapple, uh, and uh, all the water will start to go out a little bit, so we'll make a, a normal syrup uh, of the sugar you add and the um, the juice of the pineapple, and it will give you a super good uh, sauce. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've promised a chef friend of mine that I will uh, show him this book and, and he can learn how to do this pineapple, roasted pineapple. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> fine restaurant. And the other thing is I've read so many different approaches uh, to cutting and seeding pomegranates, but yours seems to make a lot of sense because you cut the top off so that you can see where the segments are. I'm going to try your um, technique for doing it. I've read people say you just bang it with the back of a knife and it it releases the seeds, and it doesn't work. 
tell us the correct way to, to cut and seed a pomegranate. To cut the which one? Pomegranate. I don't know what the French word for pomegranate is. The one with a lot of seeds. Ah, oui, oui, pomegranate. Ah, oui. Alors, um, oh, oui, oui, what I, is it? Grenade, grenade, grenade in, um, in French. What is it Pana called? Grenade. 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 Okay. Grenade. I never, I never knew Pana that grenade. word. Alors, um, so same as every chef have a different technique. Uh, so you have to follow. There are some lines. It's very difficult to find uh, on the um, full fruit. So mostly we remove the top of the fruit. And after, it's like uh, dividing section. Um, so between six to eight section, and you have to it's kind of white um, um, pellicle between the six different sections, and you have to cut the skin to follow this line uh, to open your pomegranate. And after me, uh, not on the book, but I remove the, the seed inside the water oh, to make okay. sure they not uh, go everywhere and mostly uh, you can have some red on you. So yeah, they stay in do everything, that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, you do that inside the water, and uh, and uh, everything stays inside the water. Skin works well as well. Now, do you t do you take the water after that and put some after yes, you use uh, a screamers uh, or sifters, and you remove the water and you pick up only the seed. Now, um, as I've mentioned, I think um, you you start out with fairly basic, simple things. But you get very, very uh, sophisticated in this, um, and, and more, more, more uh, pineapples too. Um, some of these recipes are just amazing. I don't know who who's going to be able to execute them. I'm wondering. I, that that I say in a bit uh, is is always difficult. We are a school. So we know this book is for everybody. We can uh, buy in a like normal bookshop. Uh, so we we decide with um, Flammarion uh, and um, the other chef uh, Carlos and uh, and Marcales. We divide the recipe by two half easy. Everybody can make at home. The other half more complicated. Uh, need more technique. Need more equipment. And uh, so, because we know mostly uh, the student in Ferrandi, they will buy the book, or the other student uh, in the school, uh, they want to learn pastry. They will buy this kind of book, not just to redo the recipe, to find inspiration, to uh, have some technique, some new... Um, uh, uh, new ID, uh, new design of cake. So voila, we do a 50-50. Uh, some simple recipe when you have like uh, a dinner with your friend at home and you don't want to spend uh, like four, four or five hours to do a cake. They have some quick recipe in one hour. And uh, if you have like already some knowledge of pastry and you want to improve your knowledge and, uh, and do amazing desserts, they have like some more complicated recipe. I'm in love with this idea of a kumquat cake. 
It is gorgeous. <laughs> is one of yeah. mine. <laughs> That's yours? Is one of mine, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, here's, here's a funny one for you. We, when we were living together in Australia, the apartment that we, that we lived in, there were kumquat trees in the garden. And then, oh, and used to, nice. And, and, and used to pick them and eat them right off the tree. Yeah, and nobody else would eat them. I don't know why. But, you know, I, I want to mention that, that your recipes are sort of genius creative, too. I mean, I'm looking at some of these, like kefir lime praline and marshmallow chocolate bars. Now, that is a beauty. Who's is uh, that? Um, I think the marshmallow uh, chocolate bar, I think, is Carlos. Uh-huh. And you also, Carlos. let's not forget, you also get into uh, some more savory things, such as the uh, langoustine with finger lime caviar and chia twills. Ah, we, we decide like uh, to to put some salty recipe as well because for us like fruit is not uh, only something uh, we should um, use for dessert. Uh, we put a lot of fruit as well uh, in a different uh, country for to do it plate. And uh, Mark Ales, uh one of the teachers of the school, is a MOF uh, catering. So uh-huh. he's very okay. good. Well, he he teaches yeah. teach, uh, pastry, but he's, uh, he's MOF catering. So he did uh, the langoustine. Yes. So here's another one. This king crab with pomelos, mm-hmm. avocado, and grapefruit cloud. Now that's a two-page recipe. How long does it take to make that? I know. I tried this one. It was super good. Um, but this one, uh, <laughs> yes, I think need a lot of time. Um, it's not su- super long. It's a lot of different ingredients. Um, you need tiny quantity of many different ingredients, many different spices. And uh, when you do dessert on the plate, uh, you always have like a small chill, a little sauce on the side, a little emulsion, uh, a little crispy things, so you need many different kind of recipe for like a quite small quantity. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tackle and that after, one. <laughs> after like, you can get the the main part of the recipe and replace some uh, some like small recipe or some small sauce uh, if you don't have like when when you have the, like this kind of recipe, a little bit complicated. Is very good for inspiration. Uh, after, uh, nobody will judge if you not copy exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. game is like to enjoy to making food and uh, and uh, and take a good time uh, to create something. Well, the ultimate can I say that the ne plus is the Buddha's hand meal fuel. I can't even say it. The meal for you. Ah, yes. Buddha's hand. I mean, it is. That is gorgeous. That's a dense I, two-page recipe. The roll is wonderful, and it's uh, clearly a kind of fruit we like to to use. This kind of fruit, we ask for it because it's like something. Uh, it's not like the strawberry raspberry. Everybody know Buddha hand 
is like a little bit incredible and not easy to use. Like we don't know really what to do with this root because we use only the zest. Uh, they have no no pulp inside, no juice, so we have to refine a way to use, and was uh, a little bit challenging. And the well, I imagine it's a, I'm not going to attempt that one. But, but, uh, and, and, and there are some ingredients that are kind of hard to come by, like um, you have this apricot, pistachio, and green almonds tart. Now I love all of those ingredients, but they're not you're, they're not always available. No. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not super easy to find uh, all these ingredients. You you remember we 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 noticed the recipe for pavlova. Yeah, with blueberries. Ah, the blueberry pavlova, yes, all white. In the in the Anglo-Saxon world, to which I belong, the pavlova they argue between Australia and New Zealand as to which country invented the pavlova. Australia? No. <laughs> If well, I'm correct, I, 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 I will create a fight, maybe. I will not <laughs> suppose to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a secret. Perhaps, perhaps, no, it's perhaps, it was, perhaps it was a French recipe after all. <laughs> 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 well, you know, when, when we lived in Australia, I, I had nothing but good luck with pavlova. And I used the same recipe back in the States in different cities. And it, I had one guest at lunch say that it was the first dessert she ever had to eat with a steak knife and fork. <laughs> it was so <laughs> awful. <laughs> yes. Not a, well, uh, yeah, compliment. Yeah, but um, listeners, I mean, you really need to, to get a hold of this book. I mean, who would think up figs and red wine jelly with Stilton ice cream? Uh, oh, your Quince eclairs look absolutely sublime. Um, here's one Tonka flavored apple crumble. <laughs> it's just absolutely one amazing d- recipe after another one. Um, I, I, I toast you for this beautiful accomplishment. And uh, if anybody wants to try bonbons, there, there are recipes for that too. And don't forget the dragon fruit gateau. <laughs> Ah oh, yes, it's very design, <laughs> and was was difficult to find. Um, I ordered many times dragon fruit, and always I got white dragon fruit. And I was like, I told, I told to the store uh, at school that I want a red one, and they order they order always white, <laughs> white, white. I said it's not possible, and um, I asked one of my students. We have a lot of. Uh, student from uh, Asie, so uh, she was from uh, China, I think, and uh, she told me, the chef, uh, it's easy to, to recognize from outside, it's just a little bit more red, and uh, I, I go with her with, uh, in one um, food shop, and she says, this one, it will be red, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> and even me, I learned how to find the red uh, dragon fruit. <laughs> Oh, good. Because <laughs> no, it's know. such I, a stunning... I do know how it is red or white inside. Have, have you encountered pink pineapples yet? A pink pineapple? Yes. Uh, no. 
Google it and you'll find that, that it's one of the newest pineapple um, varieties. And it is pink. It is unquestionably pink. Oh, right. Really? Yeah. I was looking for it. And the funny thing about it is because you use a lot of the um, leaves in, in preparation, uh, these are so limited in production that you never get a pink pineapple with the leaves on it because they cut at the plantation, they take off the, the leaves and plant them right there and start another pineapple plant. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you can get pink pineapples from Melissa's, which is a, a U.S. company. Anyhow, let me say I, I thank you for jumping in on this. And, um, and, and the book, again, listeners, is uh, by the, the wonderful culinary school, Ferrandi Paris, um, and it's called Fruits and Nuts. Recipes and Techniques from the Ferrandi School of Culinary Arts. And it is splendid and it is gorgeous. And Georges Bernard, we'd love talking to you. And I thank you for, for, for taking the time to talk to us about the book. And is it, there's only one thing to say before we go. Okay, it was a pleasure. Vive la France. <laughs> it was a pleasure to to be with you, and uh, I hope to everybody uh, listening this uh, this podcast. Uh, you you will enjoy to to read these books. Yeah. Well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Au revoir. Uh, and um, uh-huh. we we will email you, uh, Georges, when it's going to air, and you can uh, listen to it right off of our website. And also uh, get it from any of your podcast servers. Okay. So it's not true. Just about does it. We hope you get a great deal of inspiration from these books and from our conversations with the authors. And that's it for today. Uh, join us again next week, same time, same place. And until then, bye-bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.